The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson, I'm your host. Week 15, best bets. Week 15 already. We'd be this close to the end of the season if the NFL wasn't greedy and expanded to 18 games, but, or 18 weeks. Here we are. Pete Briscoe, R.J. White, joining me to make some best bets. Was I the only one above 500? Oh, no, Pete, above 500 this week as well. What's up? And I'm one game below. It's not like I was awful, but still not a good week. I've taken the lead, I think. Pete's in the lead. Wow. Pete, you're the, you're the heater, man. Yeah, it'd be nice if I was on a heater with my picks and the expert picks. I mean, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Somebody asked me that the other day. They were like, maybe it was even like after the after a podcast, like on Monday night. Maybe Billy was like, they were like, how is your record? How is you, how are you so much worse on your best bets than your overall record? I was like, that's, that's so rude. Leave me alone. And I had uh, I had a good week picking them all the games last week and then came back this weekend. I was dreadful. It was a, um, a tough week this past week. This week, week 15, should be interesting as well. I went 3-2. Uh, Pete went 3-2 last week. RJ, 2-3. RJ, 45-33-2 on the season. Pete, 46-33-4. I'm 42-44-2. By the way, my teaser around the clock was a winner. <laughs> oh, it was, actually, wasn't it? The, the, uh, yes, the Steelers. Yeah. Could you – so you could have teased the Ravens and the Steelers in one uh, – I actually yeah, had a buddy. R- RJ had the Ravens as a teaser, but I, I had a buddy in a, uh, side a of it. I had a buddy in a group chat who sent a text. He's like, he's been like pretty hot on his his bats. He sent a text. He was like, "I'm teasing the Steelers," and I, and I was like, "I don't." I was like, "I don't want to tell." Like, I don't know if I want to tell him that Pete also. Te- I didn't want to you know tell him to not tease through zero, but whatever. It won. That's all that matters. Good job, I, Pete. What's that? Sorry, RJ. I said good job, Pete. My other side of the teaser didn't work because uh, I took the Vikings against the Lions. I think it was the Vikings Lions, yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, 
not great. You know, I think again, this that's in the game were actually pretty close. It was just those turnovers, the fumbles. You know, you can't really account for that. And I, I had mean, the I had the Lions on the other side of that one too. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings have been involved in like I think twenty three one score games in the last two years, and they can't cover like nine and a half against the freaking Lions. Come on, man. Um, ooh, maybe a little. I don't know if this, this might be a little teaser action here, depending on the quarter. Actually, this is a teaser action. Pete's got a teaser on this. Ravens at Browns. Browns minus three over under 37. It's actually climbed up to 38. The Ravens are catching a little juice on Caesars minus 120 at the plus three. I mean, Pete, this is pretty much dependent on the quarterback situation for Baltimore, right? Which I feel like is going to be Huntley. I think it's going to be Huntley. I mean, he's been working. Um, it just sounds like it's going to be Huntley. And in that scenario, hey, look, are the Browns any good? No. Uh, the Ravens defense is still pretty good, and I think they'll keep them in the game. So I'm going to, if not win the game, I'm going to take them plus nine as part of a teaser. Uh, I'll tell you the second part of it later. But I, I think the Ravens will hang around in this game. If you're going to give me nine points, they might even win it. So I'll take the nine in the teaser. Yeah, I think with Huntley at quarterback, it should be less than three. And we've seen it come off three and get to two and a half at times, uh, kind of depending on the news with him. But I think he's a full practice today um, or yesterday it was. Um, so I, I trending to being in. I mean, if it's Anthony Brown at quarterback with that unknown, I think you got to make it well over three, even with Watson not playing well. But Baltimore beat Cleveland in week seven with less than 100 pass yards. So it's not like they need a, a competent passing attack to, to beat this team. Cleveland defense awful against the run. Baltimore's defense, excellent against the run. Um, so I don't know that, that Cleveland's going to be able to do what they want to do offensively. And can Watson win a game with his arm yet? He hasn't shown that he can. He's a little bit better last week, but still not great. Um, now he gets, but this is his first home game. Got a fired up crowd probably. I mean, this is a good spot for him, but who knows if it's going to click. So I want to play Buntley if Huntley, Baltimore if Huntley is in as expected. And that's what it looks like. So I made Baltimore plus three a best bet. Figure it's a field goal game either way. Yeah, I got a Baltimore plus three is the best bet for ba- basically the same reason. It's like if 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 Huntley plays, it's just not going to be three. And you see the line sort of moving that way. You also see the over under climbing up a full point, which you know sort of indicates that they expect a little more offense from Baltimore and that Huntley should play. Um, in lieu of actually you know further analysis, I'm curious: Would you play Deshaun Watson or Geno Smith this week in fantasy? <laughs> Well, it's going to be what? weird for people to hear because this is coming out. Oh, right. right. This comes out. Right, right, right. <laughs> Smith played. So Crap. I'm going to guess that Smith had a pretty terrible game and saying Smith is, <laughs> is going to sound stupid right now. But uh, but I think I'd go Huntley. <laughs> oh, you got Watson? Are you got Watson? Or? Or Watts, Watson. Um, okay, I, I think so. Yeah, I think you got to do it. Well, you know what, RJ? My bad for putting you on the spot on a Thursday game. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got Baltimore as the best bet. I, 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 they, are playing, they are playing football on Thursday. They are playing football on Thursday. <laughs> right, right, right. But see, this is a time travel I podcast. Know. I know. I know. And by the way, I will be in like 15 minutes. I will disappear for like five minutes, just so people know who are listening. Well, spe- speaking of the Thursday game, we now have NFL prop picks available on Sportsline. And I Ooh. put the first one out for the Thursday game on Tuesday as a little test. And they tested everything they needed to do in the system. Finally got the green light for everybody to start making picks yesterday and today. So you got picks from from Matt Severance, Larry, uh, Alex Alex Selesnick, who's prop stars, who is like the best prop yeah. guy, you know, in, in 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 the world, I would think in NFL. He moves lines when he put, puts picks out. So now, if you're on Sportsline, you can get those picks, you know, as as he's putting them out. So before the line moves. And uh, is there a, a promo code of any sort that the people could use? 
You can use promo code WHITE to get your first month of full access for $1. My last name, White. It's been active for years that I've been on this podcast promoting that, but uh, <laughs> but so I'd be the one to use. Uh, just like Mike White, the uh, the possible Jets quarterback, TBD. Before we get there, though, we got to talk about the Chiefs and the Texans. A robust total here, 49 and a half. The Chiefs are laying 14 points on the road, Pete. Um, like... I I don't I don't know, man. What do you what do you do? How do you you can't can you take the Texans? I feel like people will take the Texans because of last week. I I can't not with this. No, I'm not. And but I hate laying the big number too. Um, so that scares me. The, the Chiefs' defense made a lot of big plays last week, but they also let the Broncos move the ball on them a little bit. That's scary to me. Um, and the other side is uh, I just. The Texans played well last week, but I can't see them doing it against this Chiefs team. Chiefs are playing consecutive road games, which, you know, you never like to do. But I'm not taking 14, and I'm not laying 14. If I had to pick it, I'd probably take the Chiefs, uh, but I'm I'm not making it a best bet or anything. My best bet's here, the under at 49 and a half. Last week felt like the last gasp for Houston. They threw out a different, you know, wrinkles on the offense. Now Kansas City can prepare for them. But then they give up a 98-yard drive to close the game and lose. Um, so I don't know if they get up for this game. Kansas City's defense should be embarrassed after giving up 28 to Denver, a Denver offense that had scored three touchdowns in November total. And then they go out and score four in that game. And I know it's that short, some short fields with those bad interceptions, but still like that team just can't get it done in the red zone and they're scoring all over the Chiefs. So I think they'll come out focused here, whereas they might not have been otherwise playing the Texans that they're, they figure they'll run all over this team, but now they have to prove that, that they're not a joke defensively after what they did against Denver. So I think they'll be focused. Last week was just the third Houston game to get to 50. Now with Pierce banged up, the receivers banged up. I don't know how they score points. I don't think Kansas City's throwing a bunch in the second half here running it. So the game stays under under 50 pretty easily, I think, for me. So best bet under 49 and a half. And I would definitely be looking if the Chiefs have a lead at halftime at a second half under because Andy, Andy Reid, I mean, he's very good at just melting that clock, pounding the football in the run game, extending drives, stretching, stretching out those drives and making sure that his team, you know, is his defense on the field a ton. Um, I, I, I think this, this is kind of an interesting game, though. I mean, again, fantasy related. Fantasy playoffs start this week. A lot of people are expecting Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to have big games, and I sort of wonder if this might be a running game for the Chiefs. What? What I'm going to give you a little a little tip here. Ready? Jamie Eisenberg has made Pacheco his start of the week. Oh no! Mush. I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you another tip. Do not bend Travis Kelsey, regardless of whether you think it's a running game or not. <laughs> but but Pacheco is the start of the week. Silla, Jamie, you know needs, people have needs, fantasy titles on the line here, pal. He, he needs a winner, too. He's had a couple bad weeks. He needs a winner. I mean, that's a that's pretty lazy. I don't know who his editor is, but I would I would at least probably <laughs> I know who his editor is. <laughs> <laughs> I think his initials are RJ. <laughs> I mean it's a it's a good pick. I like, but if he if he mushes him, I would be very upset. If if Travis Kelsey, if like if Mahomes is winging around at Kelsey in the second half of this game, I'd be and Pacheco's on the bench with like a bum hamstring. I'd be I would be texting Jamie left and right. <sighs> Cowboys. Much about an injury, though. You can't, you can't, I don't know. Jamie yeah. injured some dudes last year, like just straight up. He like did. they just got hurt. Like, got, mm-hmm. like they got hurt in practice after he published his article. Yeah, pregame warmups. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, was it Mike Boone or is it uh, Alexander Madison? Somebody, somebody like pulled a hammy in pregame warmups. Yeah. 
Uh, Cowboys minus four at the Jaguars over under 47 and a half. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Now, Pete, it's a look ahead spot. The NFL teams have look ahead spots. Who's looking ahead? The Cowboys at the Eagles. No, they're not looking ahead. They got to win. They can't look ahead. Um, here's the here's the situation. Jacksonville can win that division. That's how scary that is. And it's not that far-fetched. Not if at all. Win, no, if they win two of the next three and the Titans go one and two and they play the Chargers on the road and the Cowboys, um, that last game will be for the division title. Sick. It's sick. That's a bad division. Just like any South division is awful uh, in the NFL this year. Uh, I, I Look, this is a tough game for Jacksonville because I think they're going to give up a lot of points. But I also think Lawrence is playing so well that they're going to score points. So my best bet is to see this game get loose and go over the number. Uh, I think it's over 47 and a half. Uh, I just think that the way Lawrence is playing, and here's the thing. If you block Dallas, and it's a big if, you beat them. But the Jacksonville offensive line has actually been pretty good in pass protection. They've been better than people think they have been. And I think they'll be able to do some things here. So I'm going over 47 and a half, best bet. Yeah, they typically have a lot easier opponents, though. And and this is the toughest one you can have, this Dallas front. Um, It's hard to win by more than three on the road against good teams. And so the question is, is Jacksonville a good team right now? We've seen some evidence of that in some of these games, you know, the the Detroit game notwithstanding. But they look pretty good. Dallas lost a piece of their offensive line, right right tackle. But Jacksonville's just 29th in sack rate. So I don't know if it's going to mean extra pressure. for probably not going to play either, by the way. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't know that that Dak really has to worry too much about that injury, at least this week. We'll see what happens in the Eagles game. Jacksonville scored four times off turnovers versus Titans. You can't really expect that every week. You know, that, that's you get put in advantageous situations there and keep scoring. Good, you know, good for them for for capitalizing on that. But but you can't just expect it every time. I think Lawrence is trending up, but we'll see if he can handle this pass rush. It looks like the Sharps are backing Jacksonville. It was four and a half. It's down to four. That's where I make the line for. So I don't really have a good lean on the game. I kind of like the overplay. I would probably lean to the Cowboys at minus four. It's it would have been a look ahead spot, but they almost got beat by Houston. So now it's really a we got to focus because we did something wrong last week and we we need to be better. I mean, I think the stats have kind of been beat to the ground here, but I'll, I'll repeat them anyway. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, last five games, 72% completion percentage, 272 passing yards per game, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 19 carries, 119 yards, and a, and a, and a rushing touchdown as well. We'll ignore the three fumbles and focus on the uh, 7.5 yeah, seven point five yards per attempt. Not that great, but like tre- anybody who thought that Trevor Lawrence was not going to be good because of one year with urban friggin Meyer, like that's the dumbest take anybody's put out on, on planet earth in a, in a while. Like that was a red shirt season. Trevor Lawrence is good. A competent. And he's going to be, and he's going to be great. He's going to be great. Like he's going to be an elite quarterback. I don't understand why anybody bailed on Trevor Lawrence after that. And not only that, they propped him out and trotted him out every single week as the face of the franchise last year as a rookie quarterback. It was terrible what they did to that kid. And he handled himself really well. And now he's got a little attitude about him too, by the way. Did you hear him this week? He's taken and he's got a little chip on his shoulder. He took notes of everybody who said he was a bust. Ryan Wilson, looking at you, pal. Yeah. Um, how, long, how long did it take Joe Burrow to be Joe Burrow? I mean, it didn't happen overnight. And, you know, you need no. to get those games in, get get reps in. And then all of a sudden now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And it seems like with Trevor, with that delayed, you know, prep of, of having to work with Urban for a year, you could see it coming. And he's kind of rolling to that, that, that place at this point. 
I mean, remember Urban Meyer literally said, wow, it's, it's like he was called an NFL film saying, wow, it's like playing Alabama every week. It's like, bro, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, worst coach, worst, move aside Ray Handley. We now have the rich coach type. We have the worst coach in NFL history. I, I, I don't think you need NFL in there. Like who's, well, who's the a, worst coach in any sport than Urban Meyer in, in, in last yeah, year? I mean, he was a darn good college coach though. No, no, I'm saying like, I'm saying like, Oh, 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 anybody in an, yeah, okay. Yeah, pick any, any tenure of any coach. Like, uh, who was the, uh, the Shulas in, in, uh, it was like seven Shulas who flopped miserably outside of Don and David Shula and Dave Shula with the Bengals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was 33 when he got that job, and everybody thought it was amazing how young he was. Now they get him like that age all the time. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's not funny. I shouldn't laugh at this, but it's like if we were having this debate about, Sydney Lowe relative to like who's the worst coaches of all time. And I, I went down this like uh Dave Shula Wikipedia rabbit hole. It's like he's like, after he left coaching, he went he he managed the family state. Shula and restaurant. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like after 15 years away from football, he returned to coaching. It's like be a wide receivers coach somewhere at a community. Uh, anyway. Um sorry, Dave. No offense, pal. Uh I got the Jaguars' as best bet. Four points too much. Trevor Lawrence training well. Dallas look I, I I mean I know they don't look ahead I really do think that Jerry Jones is hammering the importance of this Eagles game because you got to show Philly that you can play with them when you see him in the playoffs I like Jacksonville to win this one game. one more thing about David Chula if I'm not mistaken that's the reason why, <laughs> I had been why Don Chula Don Chula never liked Jimmy Johnson because when he was on then he fired David Chula or something it was something to do with when he was on his staff or something that he never liked him really I didn't know that yeah yeah hmm Shula's Bailey, Don Shula, legend. Legend Shula's not so good. Not so good. Falcons at the Saints. Saints minus four over under 43. Ticked up half a point here, Pete. Nasty little man. This used to be your your bread and butter game. You'd go down there to like the Superdome and you'd like like get Sean Payton all riled up. Like, like, what was it? Like the, the the Saints players are like talking. The Falcons and the Saints are talking trash. They don't have the same juice here, but still a, a very ugly Southern rivalry. No, I remember I was doing the Saints Falcons game once, and actually met Mike Smith out for lunch before the game, the day before the game, and we went into this like tiny back hole. You didn't want to go anywhere popular, so we sneaking in, and, and they found them. <laughs> they found them. I mean, they were those games used to be brutal in either way. You know, the fans travel. Not anymore. Um, it's not that way. But still, you're seeing a quarterback make his first start. And that's a tough environment. I don't care who you are. Uh, even if they're not good, it's a tough environment. I think it's going to be tough sledding for, for Ritter in this game. Um, I think the Saints defense, they should have won that game against the Bucks. Why did you change what you were doing? You played, you came after him, you played aggressively, then you played all off coverage and played cover four the entire end of that game, and it cost them the game. So I think they get back to being aggressive. They'll get after the rookie quarterback. I'll take the Saints and that defense minus the four as a best bet. Marcus Marietta just hasn't been good in the second half of the season and been, been very limited in what he could do as a passer. So I think Ritter is actually potentially an upgrade and the New Orleans defense has the lowest interception rate in the league. So it might be a better opponent for Ritter than it would seem on the surface. 
And I think the Atlanta offense could have some new wrinkles with the new quarterback, do some different type of plays, have him working on stuff in the playbook um, that you wouldn't be doing with Mariota that he can actually prepare for. So you get two weeks to prepare. I just don't know that the Saints know what to expect in this game. The Saints offense has looked ugly recently, but they did play a string of Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Rams, San Francisco, Tampa Bay with three of those on the road. So, I mean, you're not going to look good. Most teams are going to look good offensively in those games. So this spread seemed about right to me. I might lean Atlanta, but I don't love it. Um, I think the over is a better play. It's ticked up a little bit. I, I had it as a play um, earlier in the week at 43, and I think I still like it at 43 and a half. It's an interesting overplay because I, th- I think the average uh, person betting on this game would look at this and, and, and just think, like, no way can I take the over. But you, you've you been kind of spot on with those Falcons overs uh, this season so far, RJ, and, and, and the Saints have been uh, right there as well. Uh, I would I would lean Falcons here just getting the four, but I mean obviously as, you know Pete knows Desmond Ritter first game. I mean who knows what you're getting. I do think Arthur Smith has done a good job managing this oddball offense, and it's not outrageous to suggest he will have a game plan for Ritter. I think he'll keep it compact though. By the way, I like Ritter. I think Ritter's gonna sure. be good. Ritter's just a gamer, Ritter's man. He's gonna be good, but I, it's tough to make your debut on the road in that environment. I don't yeah. care who you are. Especially with, I mean, technically still alive for the division and whatnot. Uh, All of them are. Everybody's still alive. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, right. I want a, I want a five and twelve division winner. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, I, I'd lean Falcons, but no best bet here for me. Steelers at the Panthers. Oh my gosh, another scorcher. Kenny Pickett heading to Charlotte. Panthers minus three. Steelers are catching some juice here at minus one twenty. A disgustingly. Low total at 37 and a half here, Pete. I mean, is gosh. he playing or not? Do we know that? We don't, know. I don't think he's playing. Maybe not. I don't think he's playing either. We got, we got Mitch versus Sam. You might have, there's Rudolph is taking some Mason versus Sam. Here. Come on, man. What are we doing here? I mean, either way, uh, look, I don't love whoever plays quarterback for the Steelers. The, Trubisky was terrible last week. They win that game. If he just doesn't turn the ball over, they win the game. Uh, as it turned out, he turned the ball over three times inside the 20. I'm not taking the Steelers. I don't love this game at all. It's an ugly game, but I would probably lead to the Panthers. It's not a best bet for me. I'm taking the Steelers. Look ahead was two and a half the other way. And the drop from Pickett to Trubisky isn't that big. I know Pickett's better than Trubisky, but he's not. We're not talking about Mahomes to, to you know, the backup there. So uh, I, I don't know. You can't adjust it that far for me. Um, part of that adjustment might be Carolina looking great last week. Kind of expected that against that Seattle defense. Um, this is an easier defensive matchup for Pittsburgh than they had last week. They can lean on the run game again. And the Pittsburgh defense typically isn't bad against the run, despite Baltimore dominating them on the ground last week. Um, so I don't know that the Carolina offense will be able to lean on the run as much as they did last week. Um, and then, of course, then you get the Pittsburgh defense going up against Sam Darnold and, and going to show him all types of ghosts that he's going to be running for his life there with T.J. Watt and company. Carolina's offense awful on third down. I mean, they're, they're going to get a lot of pressure, I think, on third down. I think this line should be pick them. So I, I think what's worth playing Pittsburgh at plus three. And um, there's a few games here that are plus three looking that they might tip to two and a half. If you get like a Steelers Ravens both at two and a half and you want to tease them, I'm fine with that. Steelers Cardinals both at two and a half. You want to tease them up. I'm fine with that. But right now at plus three, I, I like all those teams. I'm going to magically disappear for like five minutes. Uh, I got the under here is the best bet. Terrible game. Uh, Pete, why don't you tell us about the Cardinals and Broncos Broncos minus three over under 36. And I'll see you in one second. If you're forced to watch this game, I really feel bad for you. <laughs> I mean, my <laughs> gosh. What are, what are we going to have? Colt McCoy against Brett Rippin, right? I mean, my Maybe, gosh. Yeah. Maybe. It's probably. We're leaning in that direction. I mean, if Russell Wilson clears, which 
is iffy right now. He'll play, but I mean, if you have what, those, what two, is your RJ? yeah? What is your spread downgrade from Russell Wilson to Brett Rippon at this point? Because I mean, <laughs> Russell Wilson had some moments last week, but till this point, it hasn't been great. No, you're right. He hasn't played well, but he's better than Brett Rippon, and uh, for sure. Uh, I think the the way I looked at this, RJ, I looked at it. The best unit on the field will be the Denver defense. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taking the Broncos. Uh, that's the only reason. The quarterback play is uncertain. We don't know. McCoy's done some good things. He's also done some bad things. But we have no idea. Ripping through a touchdown pass, looked inconsistent. So I'm going to go with the best defense. I don't love this game at all, but I'll take the Broncos minus two and a half. Yeah, McCoy three and two as a starter the last two years, though, all three wins were on the road. Um, and one of them against San Francisco last year, pretty solid defense. So, I, I mean, he's had his moments. Um, we'll see what the offense can do, you know, around him. Uh, it didn't seem like they wanted to call any plays in that game on Monday. I mean, it looked just awful stuff from Cliff Kingsbury in that game. I, I was pulling my hair out of it as someone who had Arizona plus one and a half. And I'm like, why are you, you know, going for, a, what was it, fourth and one? And he went for it near the end of the, the second. What do you want? What do you want? Like, you're not going to get a touchdown. You're definitely not going to call a play that's going to score a touchdown here. Just kick a field goal here. Like, and, and then in the second half, I think the players kind of felt that, that, that it was a give up move and then Hopkins is lagging and just the, the most awful uh, fumble to, to be returned for a touchdown. He so had it out here. It just, yeah, it's like people aren't, they, they're they not giving 100%, it looks like. And I know he he would say, you don't want to say that about players, he would say that he was. But um, just those mental mistakes like that, because everybody's not dialed in, and it starts at the top with Cliff. So, um, yeah, it's it's tough backing Arizona. Um, we have a line at two and a half. We have a line at three, even though it's two and a half in the market now. I have Arizona plus three as the best bet. And the reason for that is line move from Arizona minus two and a half to Denver minus three with the Kyler injury. And I just don't think there's that big a downgrade because we've seen McCoy can operate this offense, especially now that they're planning for it with a week in advance and not trying to adjust on the fly. That Denver offense came out of nowhere. Um, I know the turnovers help, but they finally did score touchdowns in the red zone, which has been trouble for them all year. They haven't done it all year, but they did only have 4.6 yards per play in the game, which is worse than usual. So it's not like they were being very efficient with their plays. They just happened to get near the end zone and finally get into the end zone. Thanks to Jerry Judy for once. Um, So this is a tough matchup for McCoy Denver's defense, number two in pass yards per play. And the Denver, the Arizona offense has been 32 in that same stat and their defense is mediocre across the board. Um, so yeah, I, I don't mind, you know, thinking that the Broncos are the best thing there. I just, you can't lay points with the Broncos at this point with how they've looked offensively to me. I think again, the line should be around pick them. I'm worried Arizona will quit after last week, but I'm still got plus three. I think it's too good a number and I made them a best bet. So what's the next like, game we have Billy? Yeah. Next game is Patriots Raiders. Patriots are a pick them, uh, right now. I think in the market, it looks like it's actually swung on Caesars to minus one. I saw some places had Patriots minus one earlier. So we have it. We have it at pick them. We have, it we at have pick it at pick them totals at 44 and a half, um, at, at pick them. Which side do you like? I pick them. I like the Patriots. I, I look, I know the Raiders, um, coming off a little bit rested the Patriots stayed out West, which I think is a big advantage for them. Uh, they didn't travel back and forth, which I think can just drain a football team. Uh, I thought they showed some things in the second half. I thought Mac Jones made some plays. Uh, he, he was hugging his offensive coordinator, which is a change. Uh, that's a big deal and <laughs> a step in the right direction. Uh, I just can't take the Raiders after what I saw against uh, the Rams at the end of that game. That's a great collapse. Uh, so I'm going to take the Patriots as a best bet. I think Belichick will tutor and school his uh, his mentor. I mean, his uh, protege and find a way to win this game. So I'll take the Patriots, pick them. 
Yeah, you're not going to find find two coaching staffs that know know each other better than than a Josh McDaniels versus Bill Belichick matchup. It's funny when you have those teams staying away from home, you know, for a week. It's typically like a team bonding experience. Everybody's had to be together for a week. They can't go off to their separate corners. I don't really see Mac Jones and Matt Patricia doing much bonding based on what we've seen. Yeah, but, and by the way, RJ, Miami didn't do such a great job of bonding last right. week. They were on the road the whole time. But I think that was a lot of that was injury related. Looking at that game, they, I don't know. We'll get to that game in a little bit. But they called some very weird plays considering who they were playing they decided let's we're going to go out and air it out with Tua, even though he's hurt Tyreek isn't 100 and we're just not going to run the ball for whatever reason and, and that's how you beat the Chargers so that was very weird to me Vegas is a is a Jekyll and Hyde team so I understand coming off of a loss it's hard to back them demoralizing loss but they have a huge rest advantage they played Thursday the Patriots played Monday Vegas is at home Patriots staying out west like you said Vegas D is good versus the run typically where the New England offense has struggled and they have a bunch of running backs banged up so it might be a Pierre Strong and Kevin Kevin Harris game I think is his name so uh we'll Kevin see Harris. what they but Damian we'll Harris the, traveled with him, so he was available and he might play this week. So he we'll might see. play. Okay, yes. And they also have Nate Hobbs back at defensive back. He makes a big big deal for that defense too. Um, New England's defense, sixth in yards per play, but they either give up a lot of points or barely any. They face these offenses like the the Jets offenses with Zach Wilson and the Sam Ellinger offense, and they do they give up a little, but then they've had a few 30-point games too. So um, Vegas offense, sixth in yards per play, great run game. New England, I believe Christian Barmore is going to be back this week, right? It's supposed to be. Yeah, so that's going to be big for them and, and having to shut down that run game a little, give the, that run game a little uh, little trouble there because they haven't been great against the run in some of these spots. They've given up a big yardage total. So I think Vegas can can have some success offensively as long as McDaniels isn't outthinking himself against Belichick, which you know he's going to come into this. You're probably going to see at least one or two things where, where he just shoots himself in the foot trying to outsmart Belichick and it doesn't work. But that New England offense struggling. I know they put up a bunch of points on Monday night, but that was uh, obviously the, the fumble recovery. That was a, um, you know, the meltdown by Arizona. Um, so with their running backs hurt, I think El- the Vegas should be favored. I'm glad to see them move that way. My lean is to the pick them uh, with the Raiders at that point. So um, let's get to that Chargers game. We were talking about the Chargers um, a second ago. Titans at Chargers. It's minus three, total of 47 and a half. What do you like there? Look. The only and you mentioned the the run game, the run defense, and Miami didn't run at all, which was weird because that's how you beat the team. So the only way that I can see this game going against me is if Henry runs for his buck fifty and just controls the game. My concern with that is the inside of that offensive line is awful. It's awful. They're little. They get pushed around. He still had a good day running the ball because he'll rip off a long run every now and then. But I, I'm telling you, those guys are getting dominated up front. The Jacksonville's front isn't great, and they got dominated last week against them. Uh, so I think the Chargers will score a ton. I would probably lean to the over in this game because I think it does get a little loose. But I, I'm taking the Chargers as a best bet. I think Herbert finally got to do what he can do. He was healthy with the receivers outside, and they actually took some shots down the field. They'll do that here. The Titans' defense is so banged up, and they're missing so many guys. I think that factors in here as well. I'll take the Chargers minus the three as the best bet. But the weird thing about the Chargers is they never trailed Miami, and Herbert still threw 51 passes. I mean, you know, what, what what's the point of that? It's because I don't think they can trust the run game to salt away leads, and and um, it, and you can't really can't run on Tennessee anyway. So this is going to be all Herbert again. Tennessee's defense number one on third down though, where Miami's 25th. So I think that could result in some more stalled drives um, that they didn't see last week. Um, so that could be an issue there. Um, so it's weird. You're saying that you would take in this uh, matchup, rush, rushing, Tennessee rushing versus the Chargers front, you would take the Chargers front as the, having a matchup advantage here? No, the matchup, anytime you play the Chargers, the matchup is always in the run game. <laughs> but 
but the offensive line, Brewer, the center, Jones, and Davis, the guard, right guard, they're problems. And the left mm-hmm. tackles have major issues, and the right tackles are rookie. It's not a good line. And if you, you know, we saw what the Bengals did to Henry. We saw what the Eagles did to Henry. And the Eagles aren't a good run defense, and they limited them. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think you can because the it's not so much the, the Chargers defense. It's the uh, Titans offense. That yeah, I think that using they're so bad that they can't take advantage of that. And that yeah, that and, horrible, and, you know, Chargers. And they've defense. made some changes on the defensive line on the Chargers. I think are helping them, the, you know, a little bit. But um, again, I can see that's my concern when I pick the game is if Henry runs wild and controls flow. But I love what I saw from Herbert last week. I don't mind mm-hmm. him throwing 51 passes a game. If Lawrence did what he did throwing against the Titans last week, I think Herbert can do the same exact thing. Yeah, I think Chargers will get theirs when now that the receivers are healthy and they're willing to throw even a little bit downfield, which was a shock to me that they typically don't do. So that was interesting to see. Tennessee's not going to make the same mistake that Miami made. They're going to run, and I think they'll have success. I don't think because that Chargers defense is so bad, like you don't even need many blocks in the interior with those linemen. I think Henry King can bust through and get some yards there. And he looked like his old self. I was worried about him going into the Jacksonville game because he had four mediocre games in a row. And then in the first quarter, he looked like his old self. He's playing really well. They went away from it because they fell behind. They could. They, they, I guess they thought they couldn't do it anymore and they had to throw the ball. But in this particular matchup against this defense, I can't see them abandoning them to run no matter how much they get behind because that's the way you beat this, this defense, especially after what they saw in Miami in the past game didn't work there. So I think the line is pretty fair. I didn't want to go either way. I would maybe lean Titans, but I think with the Chargers receivers healthy, the over is a spot. I have over 47 and a half as a best bet on my end. I, I like the over as well, but I, I have the Chargers as a best bet. Yeah, the uh, the next game, we're looking at Bengals at Buccaneers. Bengals are favored by three and a half in Tampa, how the money have fallen, and the over-under is 44. What do you like here? This one was tough for me, and and but after watching the Bucs last week, I and, and the Bengals' defense is getting better. Now, Hendrickson, obviously, that's a concern, but the Bengals' defense has improved. The Bucs' offensive line is bad, and that, as a result, has made Tom Brady see ghosts. Mm-hmm. He's jumping in the pocket. He's feeling stuff that's not there because he's been hit. He doesn't trust his offensive line. He has no rhythm at all with like Julio Jones. I know they haven't worked much together because they've been in and out of the lineup. Julio has been. So I think that's an issue. Uh, You know, the Bengals are banged up on offense and and that's a concern. But as long as Chase is there and uh, and Burrow's there, I'm going to take the Bengals minus the points. By the way, talk about an offensive line that struggled last week. The right tackle, Lyle Collins, was my spinning top of the week. He was awful. The left tackle was working against Miles Garrett, but he wasn't much better. We thought we saw them make progress leading mm-hmm. up to last week. Well, they went in the opposite direction last week. Clowney killed Lyle Collins, just destroyed him. So that is a concern, but the Bucks defense isn't great either. So I'll take the Bengals minus the points. That's what I was going to say. We worry about Cincinnati when they have to face these really good defensive lines and that have uh, pass rushers. And I know the Browns haven't really been that. Uh, they haven't been all healthy for, for together all the year. But um, they do have those pass rushers on the outside that can expose what Cincinnati's offensive line um, even what they've become, because we just know their floor is pretty low, even if, if their ceiling is getting better. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. I guess you think the Buccaneers don't have that type of, of edge to, to to put the same pressure on them here? No, I don't. I don't see it. I mean, they haven't they haven't shown it. Let's put it that way. I thought they're, I, yeah. you know, I thought Tryon uh, would emerge and he hasn't. And and they, they just haven't showed me that this year. That's a problem for them. Will Brinson's yeah, back. Will Brinson's back. You, so you, know, about- you know, it was really terrifying. They played a clip of you talking, Pete, before I started talking on HQ. It was, it was very discombobulating. What was the clip? 
uh, you were saying something about uh, the Dolphins potentially missing the playoffs, which I think is a very viable uh, take. Yeah. So we're we're in the middle of Bengals Bucks now. I'm just going to give my take on it real quick. Um, the, this is a stock high, stock low game. The Bengals are just so high right now, and the Buccaneers can't get much lower. They were embarrassed by San Francisco. I'm kind of giving up on them hitting a hit in gear. I've been waiting for it all season. At some point, it's just not going to come. Um, injuries are playing a part. They need to get healthier on defense. They need to get healthier on the offensive line. Since he's banged up at receiver, so we'll see what the Cincy injury report looks like going into the game. Um, and if they don't have you know Higgins, Boyd, then it's going to be the Jamar Chase show. And maybe he could do it all on his own. Um, maybe they have hurts too. But we'll see. 20, since he's is 28th in rush yards per play, where the Bengals, where the uh, the uh, Buccaneers defense has been the weakest. I know they were good um, in the past, but they're just not very good defending the run now. Um, so you would think maybe they have a chance, but I think Burrow is matchup proof at this point. He's just playing so well. My power ratings have this line at Cincy minus five. My only worry is that stock high, stock low thing, and that everybody's going to want to be on Cincy even at minus three and a half. So I didn't want to put it in as a best bet, even though my power ratings say it should be five. So I'm just a lean that way. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sort of the same way. It's like you look at it three and a half. It's Tom Brady. But I mean, we thought the same thing about like, last week. It's like Tom Brady getting three and a half against Brock Purdy. And the, the Bucks stink. They're just they're just not very good. And like Joe Burrow. You know, everybody, yeah, and you're right, though. Everybody keeps saying, oh, if they get in the playoffs, watch out for the Bucks." I where keep we, saying where it. Where do they see it? It's not going to happen. see it? They haven't shown it. But I mean. They should have lost to the Saints. But like if Tom Brady did. If Tom Brady is in the playoffs, I mean, you know you're going to say that on HQ at some point before the wild card weekend where you're like, listen, I think this team is trash, but they have Tom Brady. And so I can't rule out this insane run by this trash team with Tom Brady. It would be Cowboys at Bucks as it is right now. Yes. Jesus. You're going to take Tom Brady in that game? I mean, what's the Cowboys minus seven? What's the line? Man? Yeah, I was going to say minus six and a half, probably. Gonna, that's what I'm saying. You're going to take Tom Brady in that game? No, I'm going to take Mike okay. McCarthy and Dak Prescott somehow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so are you? So, no, I'm not taking Brady in that game. His offensive line is awful. Yeah. What do you think about this? Um, and, uh, not, to, not to divert the, the talk here, but like, what do you think about this? Like Tom Brady going back to the Patriots stuff? I mean, come on. What are we doing? No way. No way. Where's he go next year? Can't go home. Can't go. Oh, you don't have a home. So I go to San Francisco. That's what I do. That is home. Why would he go to San Francisco? <laughs> Brock Purdy's the only option. I don't know. Well, I mean, they have about eight options if they bring Jimmy back. Wait, he can't go to Miami now, right? It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What? No, two is Miami. Dallas. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, where? I mean, where? He's just gonna stay in Tampa. Yeah. Tom Bowles ain't it, man. 
No, I don't think he's staying at Tampa. He's going to go uh, reunion with wherever, uh, Josh, Josh with, McDaniels? No, wherever Sean Payton goes, if it's not the Chargers. The Raiders is interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, because there was talk of uh, there was talk of uh, of you know well he was going to go to the Saints at one point he was going there and then Breeze on what well, never made a decision oh, to right. retire and, and he came back he was going to this he was going there so I, I think he goes wherever Peyton goes. Well, well and, and to, to RJ's point though on on the on the Raiders like and, and Pete you 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 were the one who trumpeted this louder than anybody else but the only way that the Broncos were able to get rid of Tim Tebow was getting Peyton Manning and I'm not saying Derek Carr's you know, Tim Tebow, but it's like, Derek, you know, if you're Derek Carr, you can't even be mad if Tom Brady takes your spot. Like, it's Tom Brady. What about in with the – what if McVay retires, Peyton goes to the Rams, Stafford retires, and he plays he plays Brady with the Rams? Peyton and Brady in L.A. with the Rams? Yeah. How about that, that one? I see as hell. And then Tom Brady would be dead. Three weeks in because that offensive I mean, line because Matt Stafford's concussion issues they have to be concerned. And he's got a spinal yeah. contusion too, like yeah. that's yeah. and he's already yeah. in the Hall of Fame, so you don't have to worry about the long term. Oh, All right, moving along to the um, before before we go to the next games, you you missed three. Do you have any best bets on Cardinals, Broncos, Patriots, Raiders, or Titans, Chargers? I actually do. So I have a uh, best bet on the Cardinals under thirty six. It's disgusting. It really is. That's so repulsive. It's, a, and, that's a, it's what I would label a vomit game. I mean, it's going to be um, Colt. Russ is not Russ. Russ no, I mean, it's probably going to be ripping against um, against Colt McCoy. Right. That's like a that's like that's like a like a third tier bowl game matchup. How many? How much of that stadium is full? Uh, oh, they're not, great. They're great fans normally. So yeah. Uh, I mean, they're so bad, man. Half? Yeah. Uh, three quarters. I'll give them three quarters. Three quarters. RJ, what do you think? Mm, sure. <laughs> three quarters. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> um, I also have a best bet on the Titans plus three. Because I think the Chargers. Head to head with Pete. Yeah, I think yeah, the Chargers are the Charger. I do, I do think RJ's best bet on the over there is a good look. Oh, and I have, oh, you know what? I'm going to get rid of my best bet on the Bucks. I had that in there. That's out. Out. Taking that out. I'm not, I came back to Tom Brady. I, I got torched by the Niners last week. Giants and the Commanders. Commandos minus four and a half over under 40.5. Just like the Jets and the Lions, you wouldn't have guessed that this game mattered a whole ton for the playoff purposes, Pete, uh, before the season started. And yet here we are in week 15 with a, kind of a stinky line here, I think. I don't think it's a stinky line. I think it's reflective of what's happened the last couple of weeks. They tied. The Giants played the Eagles. Washington went on a bye. And now they're playing again in prime time. I mean, the schedule is a clear advantage for Washington. I mean, and I think that's, that's what play I'm saying. Out it's here. only four and a half, though. Like, yeah, that's, that's a pretty Washington was minus number. two and a half at New York. It's a pretty decent number for a division game, though. I'm, I'm going to take Washington. Uh, minus the points. I don't have it as the best bet, but I think Robinson will run and run and run uh, and control the clock. And so I'll take Washington minus the four and a half. 
you know, the Giants can't stop the run and Washington's offense has been happy to run the ball whenever they can. Um, but that puts a ceiling on the offense and how many points they score. I think the sharp side is probably going to be the commanders minus four and a half. It seems like that's the way people want to want to lean to with how bad the Giants have looked. But because of that ceiling on the Washington offense where they're not scoring a ton of points, they've had only one game with more than two offensive touchdowns since week two. And so if 23 points, 21 points, somewhere around there, 20 points is your ceiling, it makes it hard to cover a big number. So you can't really put the commanders too big of favorites in any game, I don't think. They're just, they're just not equipped to score to go out and score 30 into the 30s. So even though the Giants look like they're cratering, I think this might be a field goal game. My lean would be to the Giants at four and a half. I'm going to be interested to see if, this line, if they get enough action to push this line up. Because if the commanders start getting near six, I mean, I just don't see them covering big numbers. God, my, I feel like a doofus donkey here with the, taking the Giants as plus four and a half is the best bet. You're talking about six. Um it might know. not happen. I just, I just, it seems like that's what the side the sharps want to be on because of how ugly the Giants look. I think this is sort of like the the Giants look ugly. It's just, it's, it's not pretty. Commander Stevens playing well. The run game is Pete points out. Brian Robinson, very physical dude. That run game, but this is sort of like a last hurrah for the Giants to try and you know figure out a way to get back in that hunt. And Brian Dable's a good enough coach where I, I'm going to trust him to like with a total of forty and a half. I think the Giants are going to keep it. Close. This just feels like a field goal game. I'm going to take the four and a half, fully prepared to hate myself. Weren't the Sharps all on the Browns last week? They loaded yeah. and they moved. They moved the line. In a yeah, big I, way. I put in. I put in Cincy minus six as a pick on Sportsline, and it immediately went to five and a half. And then on game day, it went down to three and a half. And I was like, Yeah, okay, I guess I'm, I'm against the, the crowd here. Yeah, there was, was, a, syndic- was, the there was a syndicate. Six. There was a syndicate that mm-hmm. went in and dumped a bunch of money. We're all over it. Yeah. yeah, on the Browns. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the betting, like hammering the Texans this year. Good luck, pal. And they pushed the, the Patriots up before. Hey, I can't say anything. Like, I like the Browns. I like the Browns too. Last week, I was the Patriots yeah. got up to two and a half on Monday, and they pushed it. You know, people pushed it up there, and and it didn't really look like a good pick, but until after the halftime, you know, when the the Cardinals seemed to quit. Yeah, it's yep. true. Cardinals look like they're going to roll. Um, I'm sure Deshaun Watson will figure it out at some point. Let's rip through some. Oh no, Rams at Packers. Packers minus seven. Over under 39 and a half there, man, there's some ugly games out there this week. Uh, that is of course, that's the, that's the Monday night game, right? Yeah. Oh, yep. yep. Gross. Um, I, I, I think this is a Rogers game. I, yeah. I think he's going to, he's going to play well here and, and throw for, you know, two eighty three and three. I think the Packer, but I, but, but the Rams, Rams with Baker played well the other day. You know whether he can do it again, who knows? But he played well the other day. Uh, I just I like I didn't want to lay seven, so I teased them down to one as the second part of my teaser. I take the Packers. I will lay the seven because this line should be double digits. It was a wild win for Baker, but this is still a broken offense with a horrible offensive line, major injuries all over the skill position. Um, there's a lot of excitement over what Baker did, um, but I think that was a fluke thing more than anything. Green Bay's defense has been awful, but this is the easiest matchup they're going to have all year. Um, the Rams defense struggled in the first half against Vegas, went up and down the field, and then the offense stopped trying in the second half for some reason. I think they thought the game was in hand, and then they walked away with a loss like they keep on doing in these situations. Um, Green Bay is going to be healthier than they've been in a while coming out of the bye. I love fading an indoor team playing in Green Bay in December. Um, they have Green Bay has the best home field advantage in the league in my numbers anyway, just typically three and a half, but you might want to adjust that up in December anyway. And now this is a great matchup for them. So um, my power ratings have this at 12, even with Green Bay struggles, because I think Green Bay is around an average team. 
And I think the Rams are Texans level bad because of how many injuries they're dealing with right now. So I would make it 12. I think at minus seven, I love that the, the market knocked it down to seven because it's the best bet for me at seven for sure. I mean, look, I, I mean, I don't want to be overreactionary here um, and, and wipe off multiple best bets that I submitted to Billy before the show on the rare, the rare occasion that I do that. Um, however, if RJ says that this line should be 12, I, I'm not, I can't take the Rams plus seven. I, mean, I just can't. Uh, no, no, you're locked in. You can't. You can get rid of one. You can't get rid of two. All right, fine. I'll take the Rams plus seven. I don't like it. And Baker's a, Baker's a massive upgrade, man. I mean, like even he's had like time to prepare. I do worry that Rogers coming off the bye. And by the way, hey NFL, like you guys are promoting fantasy. It's a big thing. How about not six buys on week fourteen? Right, like that. That really was poorly planned by them. Yeah. Hey, uh, by the way, are the Packers still alive? They're alive, but can they get in? Yes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they Miami, don't they play Miami? What's their schedule? They play Miami next week, isn't it? Yeah, in Miami. Six um, percent chance per 538. If they win on Monday night, it jumps up to eight. Beat Miami, it jumps up to 19. Beat Minnesota, 36% chance. Well, so, so it's Miami on the road, Minnesota at home, and what's last week? The Lions at, uh, at Detroit. I mean, they obviously have to win out and they need, I mean, you know, you need help in, in the form of, you know, Washington, you, you need what, what, what the Lions and the Packers would need in theory to, to sneak in is the Cowboys and the Eagles have to care about week 18 and, or just win with their backups. Like that's going to be the difference maker, I think for those teams. So rewind for a second. You said Baker Mayfield's a massive upgrade here. I don't know if you watched him earlier this year when he played with the Carolina Panthers, but it was terrible. They, they won I, one I did, game. Actually, I did actually watch it. Unfortunately, and, and then they benched him, and PJ Walker started like going off offensively, and then now Sam Darnold's a starter, and they're four and three since was, since benching Baker Mayfield, and uh, they their three losses. One was in overtime. The other two were at Cincinnati, out Baltimore. So they've been playing really well after getting rid of this quarterback. That's now all of a sudden the savior for the Rams. So I don't know. I, I, I was just, sort of hoping we just gloss over what that. <laughs> Thing and we just move on to some another game and not pretend like I didn't take the Rams plus seven and Green Bay 12. That terrifies me, RJ. But I'm stuck with it. Oh, well. Let's do some quick hitters. Call to the Vikings. Vikings minus four over under 48 and a half down to 47 and a half on Caesar's beat. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings defense is terrible, but the Colts offense can't pass the football. And that's what you want to do when you play the Vikings. They don't defend the pass very well. So I'll take the Vikings minus four. Uh, I think they'll play well on offense, well enough on offense to cover the numbers. So I don't love it. I would lean to the Vikings. Look ahead was Minnesota minus five and a half, but the market hates Minnesota. They were right last week to do to, to hate them. Um, and it's a good matchup for them here, though. Like you said, Indy bad offensive line scored 20 points in one of their last seven games. So many might be able to get a little bit of pressure here for the first time in a while. Their pass offense was excellent against Detroit, despite missing the left tackle and center. Both are probably going to be back here. I think it's tough to back Minnesota laying over a field goal, knowing that D can allow that backdoor coverage just back and you know, left and right. And the market's going to want to back Indy here, I think. I'm going to lean to Minnesota, too, because they have a good home field advantage. But I didn't want to love it as a best. I think we could see a big old Dalvin Cook game here. 141, 172, 220. That is the rushing yards allowed by the Indianapolis Colts in the last three games. Yes, they had a bye week to clear it up, but basically they had a hurrah, hurrah game against the Raiders with Jeff Saturday and they stake now. So give me, I think Dalvin Cook explodes uh, in, in this spot against Indianapolis. Next up, Dolphins and the Bills. Bills minus seven, over under 43 and a half. Pete, I have an inkling that you think the Bills will absolutely destroy the Dolphins and their 
South Floridaness up in the uh, cold weather of Buffalo. I think this is a big week for Mike McDaniel. I really do. Uh, you know, all the, hey, he's so much different than every other oh, coach. Gosh. And look how much success he had. It works. And now all of a sudden you lose two in a row. They're questioning your decision-making last week, throwing into the middle of the field, not running the ball. Uh, everything they do with that offense is predicated off the run. Well, they didn't run last week, like me and RJ talked about earlier when we talked about the Chargers. Uh, I think they have problems. And it's a big game for Mike McDaniel. It's a big game for Tua. And I think Buffalo wins this game. Uh, and they win it by – they should have won the first game. They're the better They're the better team, and they will win this game and cover that number. And here's the other thing. Miami, I mentioned it. You mentioned it when I said it on HQ. They have a – look at their schedule. It's Green Bay next week. It's New England and, and – and I forget which order it is. It's New England and the Jets. It's, it's Buffalo, Green Bay, New England, and the Jets. The and road. the Jets and, and Green Bay are at home. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that ain't easy, and they're not playing that well. So, uh, I'll take Buffalo minus the points. They need to play better once they get a little healthier, too. It didn't look healthy, which is another question mark for why that game plan was what it was. Miami's offense, when they are healthy, better in yards per play. But Buffalo's way better on third down where the Miami defense struggles. So Buffalo will be able to extend drives and score some touchdowns here. Their defense coming off two strong games, even after the Von Miller injury, it's because their secondary is healthy and playing well. And they can limit this Miami offense that isn't 100%. I adjusted Miami way down with health issues on offense to the point that I thought seven and a half was a fair line. Now it's down to seven. Um, if Miami offense is healthy, they can score recover a seven point dog against anyone because they can back to recover with those that passing game but this is just a terrible spot third straight road game two on the west coast then you go home then you go to a night game on a saturday in orchard park it's just terrible for them so um and I would we don't know Buffalo. what Tua can do in the conditions either that's another issue right yeah he said they, somebody asked him about it this week he said they have snow in, in alabama guys so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like okay but i understand that but there's a difference when there's a difference when you live there and you're just like, it's in your bones. You know, you're, you're just used to it when you go outdoor, anytime you go outdoors and otherwise you live in a, a warm weather place. And then you're just shocked by that, by like, you know, a couple having to be there for RJ, RJ. I lived in South Florida when I, you know, for, when I was a kid, we, we moved here. We had snow one day that we had that kind of Alabama snow. That's what we had. Mm -hmm. It was like a flurry or two and everybody made a big deal. It's snowing in South Florida. Right. That ain't the same. You know that. Exactly. And so even though the game, you know, you, you get the heated benches, all that, I still think it affects you if you're not used to just living in that climate and just being used to weeks on end being cold, you know? I mean, look, we, we talk about in September, in August, it's like, oh, the Bills and the Patriots have to go down to Miami because it's hot as hell down there. I've, fl I've flown down there a bunch. You guys, you guys live there. It's miserable. It is so freaking hot. You're used to this cool, like temperate climate and you get down to South Florida and you're sweating everything off. It, it, if it applies there, it can apply the other way. Like it does matter. It's nice and warm in South Florida right now in Buffalo. It's cold as hell. You can't recreate that. And it's a whole different ball game, especially. It's not going to be windy though, right? I don't think so. That's good. That's big for the, for them though. Man, That's you are you, RJ. I don't know if you noticed, but when Pete, Cocks that right eyebrow up. That's what he's. <laughs> that's what he's. He's he's smelling the death of Tuanon, and he is giddy about it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I already came back in. I came back in on him. I know. That's how that's true. You, you did. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> these but. Are big, this is a big game for him. Just like it's a big game for uh, for Mike McDaniel. You're going to say, but we have a pretty definitive answer on who was better, to or Herbert, after last oh, we week. That's a definite answer. <laughs> That's that's not even, even. I can't even arch my eyebrow like like. You, I think, look how high that thing gets. It's outrageous. You see it on good lord. YouTube.com slash pick six. 
All right, moving along. Billy's going to... Well, it's a bigger forehead here, too, so it just looks like it goes up. <laughs> Fair. Billy's going to murder me. We're left middle of the podcast, and I'm talking about Pete's eyebrows. Eagles minus nine at the Bears, over under 48 and a half, Pete. I mean, I'm not going against that offensive juggernaut, so I, I would... You know, I don't love the game, but I will take the Eagles minus the points. I just think they're scoring, they're scoring, they're scoring until somebody proves that they can't score, I'm going to take them, so I'll take the Eagles. Yeah, my power ratings have it at minus 11, seemingly value here on the Eagles. They're now number one in the power rating, which I didn't have, you know, up until this point. They're just so such a complete team. Not worried about the, the interior of the defense anymore. Still worth playing overs in Chicago games, especially when it's less than 50. Philly's going to score a ton. Question is whether Fields can get through the back door to cover the nine. Um, but I think it, it, it overs the play. It's at 48 and a half now. Um, I think as long as there's no weather concerns, I look to the over here. Like that. Finally, the game of the week of the century. Lions at the Jets. It's a pick 'em over under 44 and a half. I said, like I said on HQ, I probably said it here a thousand times. You go back and tell somebody that this game is everything for the playoffs in like July of this year, they would have you locked up in an institution. And yet, here we are. Jared Goff is having a great year, by the way. And I mean, really playing good football. But if you look at his history, Away from home and outdoors, cold weather. Great, doesn't matter. He's going to play well here. Uh, I don't. I think the Lions will win the game. I don't have a best bet on this, but I, I think the, the Jets. They're good on defense, but I, I think the Jets offensively. Mike White's done some things, but what's his status? We don't. I mean, he, he's going to play. It looks like, but we don't know for sure. Um, and if they go to Zach Wilson, we know he's going to scatter shoot the ball over the place. So. I'll take the Lions. I don't love it, but I'll take the Lions. I can't wait to watch their offense against that defense, by the way. And Goff has been playing well. Um, so, so so you don't want to, you, you kind of want to say maybe the outdoors thing isn't going to happen this time, December, with the offense playing well. But this, this is a huge step up in def- defense, is the, what, what he's played. A lot of the teams he's been playing, the teams like the Vikings, I mean, you're going to throw all over them. Even the Giants outdoors, they haven't had a great defense. Um, the, the Jets defense, to call them good, I think is underselling a little bit. They're top five in both pass and rush yards per play. Very good defense, one of the best in the league. Um, so that, but that Lions defense, offensive line is pretty darn good, too. Real good. It is, and the defense has been better for Detroit, but they were carved up by Minnesota offense, missing two key offensive linemen. They still couldn't do anything to Cousins there. Um, 400-plus yards allowed in four of their five games. White is going to play less than 100%. We'll see if he can avoid turnovers because that's where Detroit has made their their mark recently defensively. But the key injury for me is Quentin Williams. Is he going to play? That was a tough injury for him. Um, it looked like it would be a season ender. They're lucky it's just a calf injury. And now it's a calf injury. He's limited. So maybe he does play. Um, and if he's not able to 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 press the middle of that line because I think that's where they're weakest and and get the pass rush there in Jared Goss face. I think he has a good game. So I'm leaning jets with the, with Detroit having to play outdoors. Um, but I need to see Quinn and Williams play and I hate their injury report right now. And Corey Davis too. So just a lean. So the lions smoked the giants 31, 18, a few weeks ago, 30, what was it? 35 degrees. at kick. Yep. Win 21 miles an hour. So that's, that's worth noting, but Jared Goff 17 to 26, 165 yards. Wasn't very good outdoors. I like, I want the Lions to win because I want Dan Campbell in the playoffs. I, I, I think this Lions team is awesome and enjoyable and a cool story. They may be America's new team, uh, but I don't think they're going to win this game. And I, I don't, I'm not happy about it, but I'm, I'm leaning towards the Jets. By the way, Robert Sala basically guaranteed his team is going to be in the playoffs, didn't he, the other day when he said, uh, when he said, we'll see them again? Did he Talk really? About, oh, he said that after the game. We're going to see the no, Buffalo Bills again. Don't say that. You gave yourself a Sala. 
I will say, though, if Detroit goes on the road outdoors in December and beats a very good defense here, they are a playoff team. They're, they're just that they're playing better than than probably 20, 22 other teams in the league. They're what, what's their schedule? What's their schedule the rest of the way? It's got Green Bay on it for sure. Green Bay's week 18. So they have the Jets. Um, they have Pan- Don't they have Carolina? Yeah, they have the Panthers next week. And then they have the Bears at home and then at the Packers. So at Jets, at Panthers, Bears at home, at Packers. So, so they they play at Carolina then. Yep. That's tough back to back. Two, you know, two physical. Uh, teams. That, that that raucous crowd, Charlotte, should be oh, they yeah. are the Detroit is favored on the look ahead by two and a half in that game. Really? Speaking of look aheads, RJ, got any look aheads for next week? Yeah, I was hoping you pick up on that transition. My look-ahead pick is Arizona plus three against the woeful Buccaneers. They're at home. Their, their offense is not sunk with Colt McCoy, three and two as a starter the last two years. Top two receivers healthy, even if Rondale Moore is out now. I think solid chance Arizona can beat a bad Den- Denver team this week. Tampa Bay continues to struggle. If they get smoked by Cincy, can't be laying three on the road here. So so I think the you know, number's going to dip under three. Get Arizona plus, plus three now. What was your look-ahead last week? You had a couple, I remember. Um um, we'll see how, I, I'd like to see how they adjust. Uh, was it Kansas City? I think, I think it was Kansas City. Against uh, the Texans? Houston? It was like 10, I think, and now it's like 14. Maybe it was. I, 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 I can't remember. I thought I thought when I was putting my notes together, oh, you know what? I had Kansas City on my notes, but I forgot to, to do one, so I had to do it on the fly uh, on the show. So I can't re- remember what it was. It might have been um, – It was either 10 or 12, I think. No, well, I don't think I don't think, it, I don't think Kansas, Kansas City was the was pick. Kansas City. Kansas City was the pick before for the for the Denver game as a look ahead. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I don't think it was it was Kansas City. No, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the spots right now, the lines for the look ahead. Maybe it was Cincy minus two and a half um, to 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 go to Tampa because figure Cincy would win. So, right, great content, Pete. Thanks for that. Well, you um, know, well, you, it's interesting if you're going to give out a no, no, I agree, name, I take a look at the look ahead. Let's see how it. If the line adjusted like he thought it would, it's interesting. Yeah, typically I could I tell you, but I didn't. I didn't actually send it in last week, so I had to do it like in the last minute. No revenge parlay this week. Podcast ran long. Don't feel like dealing with. You revenge. didn't have one last week either. No, what this? I'm not going to force it. The revenge is there. The revenge is there. Well, is Josh McDaniels <laughs> have any revenge? No, he already got. He already beat Bel. It's Belichick revenge on McDaniels actually for beating for him with the Broncos for leaving. For leaving, that's right. Uh, Pete's best bets: Chargers minus three, a teaser with the Ravens plus nine, the Packers minus one, a Patriots a Patriots bet, the pick them. Jaguars Cowboys over Saints minus four. RJ's best bets: Baltimore plus three, Pittsburgh plus three, Arizona plus three, Green Bay minus seven, Chiefs over Chiefs under, excuse me, forty nine and a half, Chargers over forty seven and a half. My best bets: Baltimore plus three, Denver under thirty six, Carolina under thirty seven and a half. Both disgusting. Jaguars plus four, Titans plus three, Giants plus four and a half, and the Rams plus seven. What a repulsive card that is. But you know what? It's week 15. This is how we get over 500. And we, uh, the best hot. part about this, this this episode was A, you left, which is great, but B, <laughs> B, RJ gives analysis on a game and you want to yank it, the pick away immediately. And you can't do that. You did twice. You wanted to pull two picks away because you did Look. You're right. Yeah, no, but it wasn't the, the second one. Was you did. No, the you first one was. You know what? I'm not back in the stinky Bucks team again. Like these, these guys stink. Make your picks and stick with them. Fine. All right, I'll leave Bucks on there. Bucks plus three and a half. Leave it on there. Thank you. All right. That's it. 
Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Pete, for RJ, I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire now streaming on Paramount Plus.